following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Hey, folks, welcome to Radio Law Talk where you were heard every Saturday from 9 to noon Pacific. This is our third hour here. Todd Cunin sitting in the big chair for Fred Penny, who's on assignment. And normally seated to the right of either myself when I'm filling in for Fred or Fred when he's filling in for himself. <laughs> seated to the right would normally be Denise Dirks, and that chair is empty. It's being occupied by my laptop bag. So the person to my left is Seth Madden. Seth, how are you enjoying things so far? I'm having a blast. <laughs> if you could just hold down your enthusiasm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seth Madden, a man of few words. Brevity is why. Amazing. Why say, you know, <laughs> there, there was an attorney that, uh, when I was a prosecutor, an attorney who used to come in, I swear that guy was paid by the word because... <laughs> All it said, all you had to say was, you know, does the defense stipulate to the release of documentation? And and normally you would say the defense stipulates. Let's say how many were the defense? Three words. Three words. <laughs> no, not this attorney. <laughs> you go on this long soliloquy only to be followed up with, yes, we stipulate. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Seth, thanks for being here today. Uh, thanks for having we've, me. we've enjoyed having you. You make the conversation very lively, very fun. And one of the things that we do is case or no case. Yeah, Cal, we didn't do disclaimers at all, did we? We have not done any disclaimers, and so now... Now it's time for Radio Law Talk Disclaimers. Anyone tuning in to the show needs to understand that the statements made by the hosts on Radio Law Talk are for entertainment purposes only, and none of the things that we say is intended to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation. If you have a, a situation or something that you are facing that requires legal advice, please seek out an attorney of your choosing in your jurisdiction for that specific legal advice. And by all means, when you go into court, do not say, I should win because Radio Law Talk said so. <laughs> that is, that's not going to get it done for you. But we do want to thank folks for tuning in. We hope we were able to generally talk about the law in a way that gives you some more information, but we cannot stress that enough. If you have something specific for your individual case, do seek an attorney if you're choosing. Um, it, by the way, if you call in, if you call in... And Cal doesn't hang up on you. And Cal, yes. If you call in, <laughs> your telephone call is not covered by the attorney-client. Well, privilege. I actually hung up on someone who was telling us that we had a technical problem with our satellite feed, and we were not getting out onto the air on our affiliates in first hour. So that's wow. the person I hung up on. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> Oops. Did you get it figured out, though? I found that out. But yes, it, yes. I mean, it wasn't on our end. It was a, We sent our signal to Dallas, which then sends it to Minnesota, which then sends it to New York. And then it goes up to the uplink on the satellite. And apparently on the Dallas turn, there was some problem that somebody there wasn't uh, catching. So now they have. It's interesting to hear that explanation with the disclaimer music still right. softly paying in the it. background. I'm disclaiming why we didn't. Uh, all right, so let's change it do, and go to this. Do we have a... And now, time to get to the post and race off with Radio Law Talk. <laughs> Do we have a pillow sponsor? Okay, uh, great time for a nap. Yes, 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 pillow sponsor. Cal. Yes, sir. Cal, so, look, today has been one of those days where Denise has benefited by her absence because right. Big time. The, the guy sitting in for her has has gotten her four points out of four potential point opportunities. And here's the worst part. He could have put those points on Fred. But he chose not to. Yes. Mm. You guys don't have to talk about that. Yeah, well, my guess is Fred's <laughs> going to be listening to the show at some time. He's going to know. Yeah, he'll be talking to I you just, about that. I just wouldn't expect any special <laughs> treatment around the... If it's up to him now, he'll never have me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time you'll tell him you'll play for him. Yeah. You know that You know that scene out of Ghostbusters at the very end where... Uh, 
where they say, you know, they just got shot up by the thing, and they say, Ray, if somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes, and <laughs> smacks him on top of the head. I could just see something similar, you know. Um, <clears throat> Seth, if somebody asks you to whom your points should go, you say me. <laughs> okay. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes. Yes. Give me a chance for the points. That's all I want. Cal, what's our case or no case oh, for this hour? Now it's I'll time to play case or no case. Yay! All right. The city of Portland, Oregon, decided that it wanted to start a homeless hotel. They bought a lot in one of the industrial sections of the city and turned it into a campground for the homeless. Showers, porta-potties, the whole deal. Well, that was all fine and good. That's what the city wants to do. That's fine. That's their business. But a nearby business, one directly adjacent to the property, said, oh, hold on a minute. Nothing against the homeless here, but we have an easement. And the street you're abandoning and shutting down for this area leads to my shop door, and I have a chrome plating business. So what are you doing here? So Eastside Plating's owners called and wrote, made the city an offer to even buy back their private easement on the former publicly open street, anything. But the bumbling bureaucrats from the city did not even respond. So Eastside Plating's people said this is damaging our business, real monetary damages. All we want is a lousy easement. And the city's arrogance caused them to reach out to council and say, what do you think, lawyer? Do we have a case? And that's what I ask you, gentlemen. Case or no case? And I believe it's time to start with Mr. Madden. The tables have turned. Hmm? The, the tables have turned. <laughs> Seth Madden being paid by the word. And so now. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Um, and I'm going to say that the East Plates yeah, company. The, the plating company, yeah. Plating company. East Side Plating. East Side Plating Company wins. That is a case. And I'm going to say that they, that they prevail and that they're able to obtain an easement. Wow. Based on what? Based on the nuisance that's caused by... Remember, it's Portland, Oregon, where the homeless are, you know, they treat the, you know, this is this is an important group to them. Very important group. But I think that the, the city would have a duty to keep things like, there's like an upkeep... That's my that's my guess. Okay, is that the city's going to take care of the city has a duty to protect and to upkeep its lands, its properties, and the surrounding areas. So if the city's in shambles, somebody's going to go in and they're going to say, "Hey, city, take care of the take care of the streets or take care of the sidewalks." Sure. And sure. so I'm going to say that the plating company um, files suit and that they prevail based on that. By the way, the plating company is still apparently waiting to hear back from the city. Todd, what do you? <laughs> What do you what do you think? Case okay, or no in, case? in a in a Cliff's Notes version, because I got a little distracted here by something that came in. Can you just refresh my memory? What are we talking about here? <laughs> the city of Portland, Oregon, decided to make a homeless camp. Got it. Next to a chrome plating company, and the chrome plating company that they the city abandoned a street, and the street they abandoned was one that the chrome plating company used to to its shop door. This was their shop door. Uh, basically. And so the city, they called the city and said, look, we'll buy back an easement from you. We'll do whatever you want to do, but we want to be have access to our shop door. This is how we make our living. The city did not respond, did not have anything at all to say. And I think, like I said at last check, he's still waiting. Was, was there any other access to that building other than that I yes mean, yes but not to the shop not to the shop right and that was the issue is they said well when people chrome plate they've got to bring stuff into our shop door without an easement how are they going to get into our shop door you're causing a serious monetary harm okay uh i'm going to give my answer after the break i want to think about this for just a little bit you're listening to radio law talk if you want to answer hashtag at case or no case on twitter services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. 
Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at PennyAndAssociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life, majestic and grand. They clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members Together, we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit arborday.org. See how you can help. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics? Chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach. Radio Law Talk. I like that show. This is Radio Law Talk. So we're in the middle of case or no case, the, uh, I guess, how would you put it here, the case of the, <laughs> just realize I haven't been writing any of the stuff we've been doing down. I, I've been keeping good track. Good, right good, yeah, good, so good. This, this will be the, uh, the case of the, what is it, the case of the homeless easement or something, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> try to sound it, try to make it sound like something that would, I try to make it sound like something that would either make a good title for a Hardy Boys book, Nancy Drew, or Scooby-Doo. Well, you would call it the, the case of R2-D2 versus East Side Plating, R2-D2. Portland calls their camp uh, for the homeless program Right to Dream 2, R2-D2. 
D2. Now, if that isn't Portlandia, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, you're coming out of left field with some of this stuff, that's, man. That's interesting. So the, so the question here is, what is my take on this? We've got the, uh, the city abandoned a street that was the only access to the entrance to the shop for this plating company. They turned it over, made it a homeless camp, and the plating company is saying, that's the only way we can get into the shop. Hello. And uh, we'll buy back an easement, something that we can have people move in and out of, but, uh, but come on, you're kind of you're hamstringing us here. And I am going to give, oh, I guess, I thought about this. It's not a simple answer. No, it's not. No. So here, here's what I'm going to say. First of all, I think that there's an element of eminent no- domain going on here. And I would say, well, ha- wait, wait, eminent domain? It was a city street. They, this would be the absence of eminent domain. The eminent domain would be over the easement because every piece of property is supposed to have an easement to and from. Ingress, and the city ingress. is coming in and saying, we can take that. But if they do, they have to provide some sort of reasonable compensation. I also want to focus on something. You said they have yet to hear from the city, right? Well, apparently so. Yeah. But, well, and, and which which means it could still be a case, a litigated case, because the minute you file a lawsuit, you're not going to hear from the city. You're going to hear from the city's attorneys about the lawsuit, but they're not going to contact you directly. So I'm going to say that the city was, under eminent domain, able to take away the easement, and the plating company they're going to argue that they didn't have an absolute right to the easement anyway because there was an alternate means to access the property, not just that specific door to the warehouse. So, you know, you could you could put a door in another spot or do whatever. You're not being precluded from accessing the property. You could access it another way. But the long and short of it is it is a case, and... The city prevails in what they're able to do, but they do have to compensate plating for what they've lost. Okay. Well, I think uh, <laughs> for those of you who understood that, please call one eight hundred radio Okay. Well, here's the thing. The city abandoned the street under the theory of street abandonment. That was their legal theory. They have the right to abandon the street if they want and turn it into into private property. Um, how this turned out, by the way, those of you who say it is a case, you both win. Excellent. Because sure, it's a case. I mean, why wouldn't it be, right? Yeah. Uh, however, it wouldn't be a case because yeah. it'd be one of the myriad you make up. <laughs> well, that's, that's okay. There's that possibility, the that possibility too. Um, However, what I find fascinating about this is that the case is still unresolved, but it is a true story. According to the lawsuit, Portland previously had agreed to work in good faith to allow the company to back up its delivery trucks on city property, but that pledge was no longer being honored. Eastside Plating has operated at that same site for 72 years. They said they offered to pay the city 45 grand for the easement, bureaucrats did not respond to several attempts on that. According to the lawsuit, one of the mayor, Ted Wheeler's staffers, subsequently said, well, we're going to sell the land, so you guys might be able to talk to the developer. You know how outrageous that is to a private business that's been there for 72 years? It's crazy. Portland's independent ombudsman, who works for the city, got involved and said the city should honor its promise and support a local family-owned business. At this point, though, it isn't clear that it will. And I'm concerned that the city's decision is being influenced by Eastside Plating's earlier opposition to locating R2-D2 at this property. By the way, R2-D2 has since moved its temporary location closer to the Rose Quarter of Portland. So that land, what the city did was they made it into a fake homeless camp, then moved the homeless camp again so they could sell the property. Oh, wow. Wow. Isn't that interesting? But nonetheless, because the case is unresolved, both of you get two points, and that is case or no case. So the long and short of case or no case this week is that it that the contest is now back on. We're all pretty close to Fred. Yep. Well, you're tied with Fred. I'm tied at 15, you're at, and Denise is at 14. Right? Uh, Denise is uh, eight. Pl- uh, she's at uh, eight plus Z, eight plus four, so she's at 12. Well, it, well, she has six. 
Yeah, I got all three cases. Oh, you did. You're right. I'm looking at. Uh, yeah, that's right. So yeah, you're right. Denise has 14, and I, uh, Todd has uh, 12, 15. 15, yeah. and Fred has 15. Correct. So. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you very much. This is the least I can do. My presence has greatly improved. Never let it be score. said. Never let it be said that Seth didn't do the least he could do. And, yes. <laughs> and and we all know that Seth is very good at doing the, the least, least he, he could, could do. do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Somebody, Don't tell my boss that. Somebody who did not do the least that they could do. I think who, he already knows. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> who went above and beyond giving credit where credit is due is the defense attorney. In the Navy SEAL case, Eddie Gallagher, Navy SEAL, was on trial for one count of murder and a count of assault, as well as another count of conduct unbecoming, taking a picture with a corpse. And the attorney secured an acquittal of Mr. Gallagher on charges. When we come back from the break, we'll talk about what went down in that case and maybe how this is going to change the way some things are handled with the Judge Advocate General and in courts martial and cases of that of that type. You're listening to Radio Law Talk coming up on the bottom of the hour. If you want to call in, 855-LAW-RADIO, or you can tweet us at Radio Law Talk. We'll be back after this. We also remind you that all of our shows are broadcast live on RadioLawTalk.com, 9 to noon Pacific, and all of our old shows are archived there, so you can hear Radio Law Talk pretty much anytime your little heart desires. This is Radio Law Talk. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376, that's 800-918-1376. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. 
800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash a hundred feet of cloth. Washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road and come visit the dock. Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? Right then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <coughs> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. Oh, come on. This is Radio Law Talk with Frederick Penny. So the case of Eddie Gallagher, the Navy SEAL down in San Diego, uh, being tried for murder, he's being tried for things that he allegedly did while he was over in, I think it was Iraq. Iraq. Yes, and the allegation against him, the first one, was that there was this teenager who was an ISIS fighter, and the teenager had been wounded. Apparently the call came over the radio that they had this guy in some sort of custody. They were doing some sort of medical work on him, and the allegation was, and the evidence that came out in the trial was that folks heard him, members of his platoon heard him make a call saying, don't touch him, he's mine. And the allegation is when he got there that he stabbed the teen and the teen died. And then he has another another assault charge, comes from a separate incident also in Iraq, where it was alleged that he was in a sniper post and that he had shot an elderly man, a father, I believe it was even on Father's Day, and assaulted him by shooting him, and he was not an enemy combatant or anything like that. And then there was another charge also of him taking a picture with a corpse, that being the body of the ISIS teen. And in fact, that he read his reenlistment oath standing over the body of the ISIS teen. So that went up on uh, up for trial. And several members of his platoon, almost a dozen members of his platoon, testified against him. And the defense argument was that these were all disgruntled because as the disgruntled individuals, because as the platoon leader, he was overly hard on them. And this was their act of retribution. So he goes up on trial for it. And what happens? Well, there's a, there's a few things to note. Um, and if I, I'm actually really surprised that none of this has come out before. Um, I know that the military court system is kind of like a tight knit community. There's things that go on there that isn't necessarily making headlines or whatever. But Eddie Gallagher had actually been in uh, some uh, some hot water before. There were a few controversies and some investigations, although not really many reprimands that had been handed down to him. 
Um, but in one instance, in 2010, he was actually the subject of an investigation where there was a 14-year-old girl that had been shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, eventually he was he was cleared of that. But um, like you said, it seemed like there were a lot of things that kind of came to fruition and people were just dumping things on him. Um, and then there was a bombshell at trial. Essentially, one of his platoon members came out under an immunity deal um, uh, with the prosecution, and he came out and actually said that he essentially choked the 15-year-old kid to death. He cut off his airways. So, and when you say he, we'll get, make oh, sure we get the yeah, pronouns. Sorry, not, the, the cause of – so this is an individual who is a medic and part of the platoon, and this guy who had the immunity agreement, whose name escapes me right now. I'm going to feel stupid once I see it. But um, – that that individual was the one, the medic was the Corey one. Corey Scott. Corey Scott, that Corey Scott was the one who caused the death of the teen because he cut off the airway, the air hose, to get the teen oxygen, and the teen suffocated and died, and he said he did it out of an act of mercy because it was his opinion that had the teen been turned over to the Iraqi captors, the uh, that he would have been tortured and dismembered, killed. Yes. And so for him, it was an act of mercy. And that statement by Scott was unbeknownst to the prosecution. And At, well, they said that he didn't fully admit it, but they said they thought that throughout the the process that they had a good idea that he was going to come out and say, but they didn't really know. Well, it, here's the, here's the issue that I have with that. And it's, I mean, this clearly caught a lot of people as a bombshell, caught a lot of people off guard. Well, if they knew that was his testimony, that's exculpatory evidence, right? Mm-hmm. If they knew it and they had it, the prosecution would have had an obligation to turn that over to the defense at the time they became aware, even if it was said in passing, even if they suspected and they didn't know full well, but he had said it to some investigator somewhere, that would have been something that they had to turn over. Now, I don't know if they did or not. It would have been more of an issue if Scott had said nothing about it on trial and then nothing was said and it came out later. But that is one issue. But this case, I mean, the fact is, at the end of the trial, with all of that, you've got Scott saying he was the one that killed the teen, not Gallagher. Questions about whether or not Gallagher actually even stabbed the teen. Um, The evidence with regard to the sniper fire, Gallagher's spotter testified that they both were under the impression that the person was uh, an enemy combatant. Mm -hmm. They thought that he was carrying a bomb of some sort. And although it turned out not to be the case, this was not an intentional act. It wasn't murder. It wasn't premeditated. This was a, a case of misidentification, which happens in conflicts like this. And he was acquitted of both of those charges, acquitted of murder, acquitted of the assault. He was found guilty of the misconduct for taking a picture of the corpse. That's right. And for that, the penalty was he was dropped to rank. He was ordered, I believe, to serve time in custody, but he had nine months credit because he was ordered to serve four months in custody. But he had he had been in custody for nine months up until January of this year. And the thing we need to talk about is why did that change in January? Well, there was a few different things. And there was actually, if if you paid any attention to the news, that President Trump actually intervened. Um, and I was going to ask you about this because they were saying that he was denied rights uh, to a computer. There was some medical treatment that was denied. Um, what was the other thing I saw in here that, that kind of struck me? That Then there was some tracking of, like, the defense emails. That was, that was the big thing. That's what led to his release from custody because, look uh, – Somebody in custody can complain that they're not getting access to emails, this, that, or the other. And, and I don't know that they really have a strong argument on that. But <laughs> what happened, the prosecutor did something that was very wrong. They sent communication to the defense. And in the, def- in the communi- communication that the prosecutor sent to the defense, he included some surreptitious tracking software. So that he, as the prosecutor, could track to whom... That email was forwarded and how that information was used on the defense side. That can't happen. And when that came to light, they went to the judge. And up until now, Gallagher's in custody. So they go to the judge. They bring up this issue of misconduct. That prosecutor is dismissed from the case. So another prosecutor comes in. And because of all of that, 
Gallagher is also released from custody after having been in for nine months pending the trial that just occurred. So he's already got all of his credit. He drops down a rank, and that's what that's what happened in this case. But I think the things that the that the justice system in the military court, specifically this, they're going to have to address is, one, I don't know how rampant the use of tracking software was in communications between the prosecution and the defense, but that's clearly something that has to be addressed. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's a rogue actor, he's in a lot of trouble, but if it's a standard policy, they have issues there. That's one. Two, how they conduct immunity agreements and, and what they offer in exchange. I mean, in this case, Scott came in and said something that was potentially damning to him, right? And he says something that was potentially damning to him that actually provided as a defense to Gallagher. But if you get too open with these immunity agreements, to some extent it can be used by folks as carte blanche, just a blank check to say whatever they want to the detriment of a defendant. And that can be a problem as well in a criminal case. Yeah, and that's the the immunity deal. That's what, you know, touching back on that, what exactly was involved there? Um, and then as far as the uh, the tracking of the emails, it said the judge actually tried to, like, rectify it. He tried to fix it, and that was what he tried to justify it with was the early release. Um, it, and he said that's just – that's what's fair. That's what's just. That's what has to be done. So in any case, any time, like you said, the rampant use of tracking software – what was that? Oh. Well, I was going to say, oh. the, the, the reason why that is a, a remedy is when you dismiss a prosecutor and have to bring another prosecutor in, it extends the time that he has to prepare for trial, which extends the time that somebody has to sit it's in custody in because of the prosecutorial bad deed or misconduct, whatever you want to call it. And he felt that Gallagher shouldn't have to pay for that. So I'm going to release you to give the prose- new prosecutor time to get up to speed. And, and that's what happened on Gallagher, but he's out. We're up to our last segment here after this break. And, and then that'll do it for Radio Law Talk this week. Boy, I hope you're wearing your seatbelt because we've gone by fast. Cal, if you want to go ahead and take us into the break. Well, I don't, but I will. No, I mean, sir, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of information today on Radio Law Talk. And if you missed any of it, it's not difficult to recapture it. Just go to our website, radiolawtalk.com, and we will gladly post the shows there. We put them up usually by Tuesday or so. We'll post the shows, and you can check out anything that you may have missed at that time. In the meantime, we thank you for listening to RadioLawTalk.com on your favorite radio station or on RadioLawTalk.com. We'll be back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376. 800-918-1376. That's 800-918-1376. 
If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose, online, with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. LettyandCompany.com. Are you serious? You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. For Todd Cunin <laughs> filling in for Frederick Penny. So, you know, people are familiar with the Stanford Swimmer case. I, I think all you have to do is say the Stanford Swimmer case. And people know you're talking about Brock Turner and, and the case where he took advantage of somebody that was intoxicated, a female that was intoxicated. It was a sexual assault case. And got essentially a six-month sentence, a jail sentence, placed on probation, six-month jail. And pursuant to the credits awarded in the state of California, uh, which is for every one day you're in, you get credit for that one day plus an additional day. He was out in three. And that's what happened there. And there was an outcry. And the judge ultimately was recalled for handing down the light sentence. California, though, is not the only state in the union that has an issue recently with judges. And light sentences are making very favorable decisions toward a juvenile or a defendant in a sexual assault case like this, Cal. Yeah, the interesting part about this uh, Brock Turner Stanford case was the fact that a Stanford law professor was one of the guys who really got the ball rolling for the recall. A guy who really ought to know the law pretty well, right, and who knows common sentencing and so on. But he said, this is, that's not good enough. Yeah, that's and, wrong. And I think it's excellent, though, that no matter who it is, looked at something that was obviously a miscarriage of justice and said, I'm just gonna let, not going to let this stand. So good for him. Yeah, I, look, I, I have an opinion on either side sure, of the sure, coin the as, far is, as, yeah. as far as a recall is concerned and, and how that may adversely affect judges going forward. You recall a judge, and then the next thing you know, defendants down the road that are, may, might be entitled to a more lenient sentence may be sentenced more harshly because of fears that a judge could be recalled. But putting all of that aside... We're talking about a case in New Jersey where a, a 16-year-old male sexually assaulted, a allegedly, a 14-year-old female 
uh, a 16-year-old female. They were both 16. Sexually assaulted a 16-year-old female at a party and even went so far as to take video of himself doing it. And in the video, she was clearly slumped over, passed out, not responding. And on the video, he makes the statement, and I quote, when your first time having sex was rape, close quote. And that, among other facts, came out, uh, were alleged. The way this came to light was the female woke up the next morning at her house. She told her mom, I think I, I think something sexual may have happened. She couldn't remember. Then heard that the male was passing a video around of the incident to his friends. She confronted him. He denied it. And then he later kept passing it around, and somebody finally got a hold of it. He was charged, and the prosecution in New Jersey wanted to try him as an adult. He's 16 years old. And that can happen with folks over the age of 15 if it's a class one or two felony, if it's a serious crime. And there's certain things that a judge is supposed to look at. The way it works is the prosecution files a motion with the court for a waiver of the juvenile process to allow the person to be tried as an adult in criminal court. Well, this came on before, this hearing came on before a judge, I believe his name was Toriano. Mm-hmm. Uh, Troiano? Yes. 70 years old, and I only say that because he was retired, which is common sometimes. You have retired judges that come in and sit, they fill in, they, they continue to work on a uh, day-by-day basis. So he's not elected at this point. He's a retired judge doing work. And his ruling denying the waiver, not allowing the boy to be charged as an adult was look i try to maintain objectivity here but (laughs) there is no other way to put it the ruling and the reasons he gave were absolutely patently offensive he he denied saying first he said that the uh the boy came from a good family and looked like he had good prospects for school the appellate court had a problem with that because now you're saying that you know your wealth status determines whether or not you get tried that way. Well, so, if you come from a bad family, well, forget it. Yeah, right. that's yeah, what they yeah, said. Yeah, so well. that, that's what they said. So the, so the waiver process, you know, the, a teen could not defeat the waiver process if they come from a bad family. That, that's not good. But what made it even more um, appalling was when the judge came up with a very narrow definition of rape and tried to draw the distinction between sexual assault and rape. He defined rape as something that was reserved for an attack at gunpoint by strangers. A gunpoint by strangers. All right. Um, They're completely off charts with the uh, legal definition. Was that in the legislature? (laughs) Did the legislature determine that as the definition? Yes. You know, they said that... uh, He said, see, the distinction between sexual assault and rape, he said that a traditional case of rape generally involves two or more males using a gun or weapon to corner a victim into an abandoned house, shed, or shack, and just simply taking advantage of the person as well as beating the person and threatening the person. And then he questioned whether or not the 16-year-old girl was really intoxicated. He questioned why the prosecutors didn't sit down with the 16-year-old girl and discuss how her allegation would ruin the boy's life. And, um, and then he, he described the 16-year-old boy's actions. Now, remember, this is a guy who took video of it, passed around that video, was engaged in nasty stuff on the video. Lied about pass, not passing around the That's video right. anymore. Right? And, and the judge described it as, quote, just a 16-year-old kid saying stupid crap to his friends. Well, you don't get too many cases that come out of criminal court that are appealed by the prosecution to the appellate level. That's usually a defense thing, but this one was. And in a 14-page opinion... The appellate panel ripped this guy a new one, saying this needs to be remanded. Yes, this can be. This needs to be reviewed by an impartial judge. It can go to the grand jury to be for indictment. And the thing is troubling here is this wasn't the only one. There was another one by a female judge who questioned in the case of a 16-year-old that took advantage of a 12-year-old girl. And she said he could not be charged as an adult. And he said... She said that there was no evidence that the 12-year-old 
suffered any damage other than losing her virginity, other than that suffered no damage physically or emotionally. Absolutely ludicrous. That one got overturned, too. And it's just, you know, you look at this and you scratch your head and you think, really, in 2019, there are people that still have that opinion? Well, where's the accountability, though, for the retired judge? What's going to happen to him? He's what? still getting paid by the day. He's still getting his retirement money. I mean, what? Do you, how do you go after a guy he'll like still, that? He'll still get his retirement, yeah. but... He shouldn't be used anymore as a fill-in fill judge. Yeah. Usually what happens is, in California, the Judicial Council, I believe it is, has these retired judges they make available to fill in county to county, and some of these judges go. And it, in California, this judge would not be on the panel anymore as a judge that could go anywhere, but just outrageous. The nice thing, though, is that the appellate court overturned both decisions and rejected those opinions and found out that, and ruled that, these this teen these teens could be charged as adults, and that is the New Jersey case, Cal. Well, I think it's time that we get your quick takes on some of the things we've talked about today, don't you? Sounds good. All right, Sounds well then good. Uh, let's uh, let's ask Mr. Madden. Mr. Madden, what is your quick take from Radio Law Talk today? My quick take comes from the Harvey Weinstein case, uh, and that quick take is that I should probably listen to my attorney before I fire that attorney and hire another attorney to fire that one and move on to another attorney. Oh, so like like a, like a last name, pick one and stick, stick with, with it. it. Okay, yep. Matt, got it. All right. <laughs> Todd Kunin, what is your quick take? You know, I'm going to take one from the Weinstein case as well, but a different take on it, which is your buddy at the party who gives you advice just to get you to shut up isn't probably the best legal authority for challenging your attorney's opinion. Well, <laughs> and that's the way it is. All right. Seems reasonable to me. <laughs> so that's going to do it for us here. Another hour, another episode of Radio Law Talk is in the books. Thanks for joining us. We're on every week, 9 to noon Pacific, on your favorite radio station in whole or in part. You can always catch us online for the podcast and rebroadcasts at radiolawtalk.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Cal, if you will. All right, folks, we'll see you next time right here on Radio Law Talk. And until then, thank you for listening. We very much appreciate it. been listening to radiolawtalk.com a copyrighted presentation of radio law talk incorporated